Hello and welcome to Destroy Before Listening, episode 11, which is a conversation with Jim Rushby and Steve Watson from the band Iron Monkey. The group were formed in Nottingham in 1994 and were made up of members who had played in various punk and hardcore bands. They created a unique musical mix in the UK at that point in time. Over the course of their original five-year run, they experienced several lineup changes, but released a highly regarded self-titled debut CD, a full-length album Our Problem on Earache, and a split with Church of Misery on Man's Ruin Records. With the seemingly nihilistic attitude to both audience and press, the band ploughed their own furrow in the UK scene until announcing their demise via a press release in 1999. Tragically, in 2002, Iron Monkey frontman Johnny Morrow died of an unexpected heart attack. In 2016, founding members Jim and Steve restarted the band with Jim doing both guitar and vocals. They released the album 913 on Relapse Records in 2017. During hiatus between albums, they have secured a devout fan base which has steadily grown during these intervening years. Big thanks to Graham Thompson who had a large hand in helping this episode come together. You can follow on Instagram at Destroy Before Listening, where photos are posted relating to each episode. Please subscribe and share this to anyone who may be interested. Getting the word out is always appreciated. Thank you. If you guys just want to like introduce yourselves, and uh, give a bit of uh, background as to which bands you've played in and like how long you've been at it. Um, Jim Rushby. Bands, I'm Monkey, uh, Swallow, Warton, um, fucking hell, loads of bands. Yeah. Uh, Ironside, who? Red. Red, yeah. Um, geriatric Unit. OD Rose. OD Rose, Phantom Limb Management. Dick Lickers. Fucking <laughs> uh, oh, hell. Yeah, they're, they're ones there, ones I can impound. Um, they're ones I can remember anyway. So a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Currently, um, well, we'll just start, I'll just start something new. But, like, um, main thing we're doing at the moment is uh, Iron Monkey. I've been doing that since 94. Picked it up again in 2016. And I'm currently like doing the vocals and the guitar. And over to you, Steve. Uh, Steve Watson, play bass in Iron Monkey. First band, Cerebral Fix. Then after that, I think it was Desecrator. Then it was... Oh, yeah, I did a colostomy thing with Barney and um, Andy Whale and Greg from Cerebral Fix. Iron Monkey, of course, originally, Mark 1. Uh, and Mark 3. Uh, and then Elvis. Raven's Creed. Uh, Raven's Creed, which is still doing. Uh, do also sing and play guitar and bass in a band called uh, Stridor. Uh, that's about it, really. So you've both been in a lot of bands over the past sort of 30 years. Yeah, that's what the doll 30, does to you. 30 years. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, back then, you see, the doll used to leave you alone. And it was and it, it made for a very uh, vibrant kind of seen really because you could rehearse that's why we were kind of so tight and we record quickly on the first Iron Monkey albums because we used to rehearse kind of three or four times a week for you know three or four hours at a time because we cooked around the doll 
You can't, yeah, you can't be, you, you can't be on the dole anymore. You can't do that now. It's, it's, it's a more of a like uh, middle class hobby, isn't it? Now these days, being, being, being in a band, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so I mean, was this the, I suppose, conditions that helped uh, bring Iron Monkey about them? The the uh, well, being poor. <laughs> yeah, being poor, the access to uh, you know time and. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We, 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 there was nothing else uh, else to do, was there? No. Well, no what no. else do you do? What sit in your under crackers and watch daytime TV? Well, yeah. Jim just kept saying that he'd, uh, he'd written stuff inside there like Iron Monkey, and we, we were just going to put it out, uh, an EP, but put it out with Iron Donkey. And well, then, this time, this time round. This decided. Are you talking originally or uh, now? Yeah, yeah. No, uh, originally. Oh, sorry. Oh. Oh, so oh no! Well, I, yeah. How do we how do we start that then? Well, I was living in I was living in Bradford at the time, and I think the last band I'd done before that was Ironside. So yeah. I suppose you call it Holy Terror. It was like doom metal. It was like doom metal and straight edge, um, sort of sound mixed together. And uh, then there was just nothing happening for a while. And um, Johnny had moved to Nottingham, and Justin had moved to Nottingham, and they met each other. And they were having a chat, and they both knew me. And they just come out, come up randomly out of the blue one day, and just said, "Come, you know, come move tonight, and then we'll 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 start something up." And um, we just wanted to do something that, uh, you know, uh, something that was quite new for the UK, but bands that we were listening to, fairly like new bands that were coming out at the time, which was like the like early nineties sludge stuff. I listened to a bit of power violence and stuff like that. And uh, obviously we had a bit of a high eight god obsession and bands like Buzz Open and we just wanted to do something like that. Yeah. Nobody else was doing anything like that over here at the time or in Europe. So uh, what were you doing? You were doing Consumed at the time, weren't you? Yeah, I was playing bass and Consumed and I think we played Large Swallow and I think, I can't remember, if something is the narrow, but I remember you saying that you wanted a, you a guitarist and I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And then nothing happened for ages and I thought that's one of them. This was about 1994, wasn't it? Yeah, and then I got a tape through the post, which had like about four songs on it, including War of the Worlds theme. Was it War of the Worlds? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 War of the Worlds. It was a, it was a War of the Worlds cassette tape, totally. Um, and then there was a cover of Dethroned Emperor, which was really good. And then it stopped in the middle, and then there was a sample of like a London bus. Just like, ding, 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 for about a minute. I thought, did they not, are they taking the piss or what? And then, like, the song carried on again. And then there was, I can't remember what songs. There was maybe two or three. Of the, of the songs that were on the... Yeah, so I learned them and then we had a jam. And then I think I rehearsed with you before Doug moved down, you know. Yeah, that sound, yeah, might be right. Yeah, I remember I had met Doug for a while and then, and then I met Doug. Then we, we used to practice uh, upstairs in the pub called Narrowboat. It's not there anymore. Um, haunted as well, proper, yeah. genuinely haunted, horrible. Oh, right. so this is this is the narrow boat in Nottingham, like yeah, 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 yeah. We used to practice. Who else practiced there? It was X Rays, garage punk band from Nottingham. They they practiced in the room next door, didn't they? Yeah, it's just that. Oh, you know, you watch all these like, well, and if you do like Ghost Adventures and Paranormal Lockdown and stuff, it's, yeah. it's felt like that. There's no lights upstairs apart from in the rooms. So when you turned, if you unlucky like we were. We had this horrible attic room, and um, bloody Kev had left his uh, dolls in there. Yeah, because Art Swallow was practicing there at the same time. Mm-hmm. 
So they were hanging from the ceiling, and um, there was just a skylight in, wasn't there? Yeah. So when you turn the lights out, it was just a faint light, and you had to walk for about a minute past all these rooms with no, with no doors on it, was, and it was f- fucking horrible. There was a really, uh, clearly, there's something wrong with the place. Yeah, yeah. let's say it's a BT building, isn't it? Was it BT? It's knocked yeah. it down. And- uh, evening Post. Yeah, so that was about 1994, wasn't it, when we, we first yeah. started getting together. Yeah. And, and then we... Both the laser quest when we used to use it, we used to, use to Earth Town Nine's gear, and they without left it asking. There without asking. And they had, yeah. they had some really nice amps, and fifty one fifties, you know, their heads, mm-hmm. cabs. And we had nothing. We had our guitars, but that first thing you hear on the first album is Jim's Hollow's Ball with the Metal Zone. Yeah, it's just like yeah. Um, Through a transistor Marshall that belonged to Sneak. Yeah, I was always borrowing other people's and, uh, stuff. We never had any gear. We didn't have any money. That's why we didn't have any gear. So we yeah. using this, like, whatever we could borrow or steal or anything, maybe, you know what I mean? And so while I, didn't have any, I didn't have any leads. And I mean, when we recorded that first album, I the, the strings on my guitar, the same strings I had on my guitar for a year and a half. Been on 18 months, you know what I mean? We were covered in shit. Because <laughs> we didn't have any money. To, like, you had what money did you have? Just apart from a bit of money for the pub, you know what I mean? Like, so... Just whatever we could, like fucking use. That's why we signed to Airate because it's something about some new equipment. They left Earth Tone Nine left us uh, polite notes on the gear, like posting notes saying, "Hi lads, please don't use these. Uh, bridge to be endorsed, but cost a fortune or something like that." So we used them, and then they uh, we went in and they chained them all together. Do you remember? Yeah. They chained like the cabs facing each other and heads facing each other, and we still used them. <laughs> <laughs> Or something, didn't we? Yeah, yeah and, and I mean, I mean, it's, shouldn't have done it. Didn't we get kicked out of practicing the laser quest? Because we were, yeah, we, yeah. And then after we that, we practiced, um, uh, what's it called? Fucking Snenton. Yeah, magnet. Yeah, we practiced magnet then. That was like a proper practice room, rather than an actual practice room. Once we carpet on the walls, you know, then was, yeah, charge your fortune. Yeah, so that was so. When did we do his first gig? I think was, that might have been at Narrowboat. <coughs> first gig? It was at Narrowboat, weren't it? First gig was at Narrowboat, can't remember who it was with. Second gig was in Swansea at. Uh, with Ackermany. With Ackermany, yeah. So is, is this like mid 90s? But well, is it a, this is like ninety four, nine ninety five, maybe early ninety five, I reckon. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. When we yeah, actually started, started. Yeah, because the on the way back. Yes. Yeah. So. so were you practicing like six months or so, and then? Start yeah, it's dead easy. Something. I was consumed off because they've been going for years. This is the band that Steve were in. Uh, I was playing bass at the time, and then I joined Eye Monkey, and then within you know weeks we got CDL and like they were doing the yeah, like, nice nice demo, and they were like, "What yeah. the fuck?" It was pretty, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was pretty straightforward. I, I, I just think we had like um, we got the right line apparently, and um, I think we were doing something interesting at the time. I think we had we, we you know we had a good sound sonically. The vocals as well, that made us stand out. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was just like, I remember when he started singing, I was just like, that's ace. Wow. Yeah, I think, yeah, it just got the, it was just everything came together at the right time, so it was quite, quite easy. Because we didn't have any cash and stuff, just a lot of interest straight away, weren't they? Although I say that, we never really played too many people ever, did we? No, we, we played loads of, what was that place we played in? Was it Wigan? Some hotel? Was it Wigan? I let you know the car and it fell off <laughs> and you broke the neck out. We played with it. It was all day. It was a hardcore festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
there was loads of bad where Voorhees played, I think, mm. and, and like loads of other. Because a lot of people uh, like think we come like we're you know we come from a metal background, but we don't. We come from an hardcore background. So m- most of our early shows were hardcore. What was that squad gig? Was, hardcore uh, gigs, weren't they? One in twelve and places like that. Squad gig with Sean Curley's and uh, it's hundred twenty thousand rats all. Was, yeah, was squad yeah. leads. Or, I can't remember the name, exact name of it. Something to do with uh, a rats. It's Justin rats, isn't it? Just got a brand new drum kit and he set it up. And it was all these posh, like really nice chrome and stuff like that. And the drummer from Short and Curly sat behind it, and he said, to, "He said just in a boy, you drink it." <laughs> so he didn't give me choice. But I sat behind it and like moved the shells without unlocking the uh, Allen keys, and it just tore all the all the chrome off <laughs> and he bought the shit out of it. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. So I mean, like, our, yeah. uh, we. I mean, we listened to, we were all been in the, you know, the Arcos, you know, Steve, uh, apart from probably Steve, you kind of crossed over into like grinding death metal. That's where, uh, you know, underground death metal and yeah. early grind scene, weren't you? Kind of were sort of part of that, weren't you? I mean, you used to hang around with all the old Birmingham lot, didn't you? Old people in Birmingham. Yeah, old people <laughs> in Birmingham, yeah. Well, I was funny enough, I was, talk- I was talking to Jim the other day about the importance of, uh, I don't like, because at the time, kind of was referred to as grind and whatever but it was kind of like hardcore or whatever it was like napalm and stuff you know in the in the 86 87 88 that kind of thing we went we did a gig in london and i remember there was two norwegian chaps with with lee dorian and then we were sharing a van with him and it was obviously uh, dead in uh, euronymous and he was trying to palm us off onto him saying so, you know, one of them won't shut up and the other one don't say anything <laughs> so can, can they stop at your they're going home and uh, flying home in a few days can you can I stop at your flat? We were like, uh, no, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, if you listen to, I mean, I was listening to uh, Death Crush of the Day. There's, there's loads of kind of like grind riffs on it rather than just being black metal, as, as what you know, black metal, you know, those kind of eerie sounding riffs. Yeah, so you kind of come from like a little bit more of that. You're a little bit older than me, aren't you? I am. 83. That had to be explained to a lot by Jim what was what. So I was still in, I still am in the Venom Celtic Frost Discharge Bubble. Yeah. He was playing me all the bands on like Slap of Ham and, and all that stuff. And I was like, what the fuck? What's this? You know, and that's a, that was a real eye opener because, you know, I hadn't seen stuff like that. Yeah, when, I moved, stuff like that rather. when we moved to Nottingham, there were nobody listening to any of that. I think the, the main bands that we were listening to at the time was like I God, Buzz of and Floor and Grief uh, when they were putting their first stuff out. Um, but I, I, met, I met Johnny through uh, Straight Edge. I met him at a, uh, there was, it used to be a, ga- a bit of a gathering at the Leeds University. It was like a hardcore disco. And there was a bunch of us, like, I think Leeds and Durham, straight edge people there and stuff. And, I, and some of the straight edge lads from Newcastle had come down. And I met Johnny there at the time. And we, our first band, yeah, it was straight edge band, um, strangely enough. And Doug as well, Doug, like I was in Ironside uh, with Doug and that was a straight band originally. So yeah, we, we come from that kind of, come from a um, UK hardcore background. So you're saying that uh, Johnny is from up here as well originally, well, Killingworth? Yeah. What what of his uh, sort of past or how did he end up in Nottingham or how did like, you know, well, more, um, more of you end up there? Well, I think Johnny moved to uh, Nottingham to university. Um, I think he was doing a computer course originally and then he changed his mind and he was doing a catering course and then I think he, then he dropped out when he started doing the 
van stuff and he, he started working in a skate shop in City Centre called Roller Snakes. Yeah. Um, but as I say, I'd met him earlier from the like UK hardcore, uh, UK straight edge thing. We used to converge in different places to see certain bands. I met Justin. I met Justin because he, he was in a pop band called Bradworthy. That was yeah, that was when he'd moved to Nottingham. Yeah. That was with Mitch from Unseen Terror. Yeah, and uh, consumed. Uh, yeah, we used to play them quite a lot, and so yeah, that's how I knew him. Well, I met Justin in Leeds in the early nineties. I can't remember how I met him. Probably just from maybe from Leeds Duchess gigs or something like that. And I used to hang around with him at his house in Leeds, and I didn't see him for ages. And then he'd moved to Nottingham for some reason, and he was working in Way Ahead, which was like a record, yeah, record shop. Nobody in the original Iron Monkey is, is from Nottingham. Yeah, and as everybody was in separate bands, and then we played at the Narrowboat. Yeah, it was a bit more of a. Um, I mean, the nineties was a kind of a scene where lots of different types of bands would play together, weren't they? And it was a smaller scene, and yeah. So you'd meet kind of people with different, you know, doing different things. But um, yeah, we just kind of decided to do this like, IA God thing. There's <laughs> nobody else really doing it. Um, I suppose the closest, I, I suppose the band that me and Doug were in before were, were, were similar, mixing hardcore and doom metal together, which is essentially what sludge called, or sludge or whatever you want to call it is anyway. Yeah. So we just wanted to do something slow and heavy with a bit of Sabbathy groove to it. Where, where does the. Um crossover between hard to swallow and iron monkey or how does that well it's work? almost like they <sighs> they played but there's only they only had one guitar didn't they yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I think, and then they wanted to i say and then kev frost was in a bit more and then justin joined gorge played bass yeah and kind of did vocals or whatever same with bloody kev goy uh and then i remember Gords. Yeah. Sean Duggan. Uh, and then, yeah, I remember you, John, because I saw your first gig at well, they asked me, Old Angel. Yeah, they asked me to play second guitar, and I'd just not long moved to Nottingham. It was about the same time when I started up Iron Monkey, and they asked me to play second guitar, and I was already, they were, like, doing a fast kind of hardcore thing, you know, and, like, most of all that kind of stuff anyway, like, the early power violence thing. So I brought my influence to it. Yeah, so the both bands kind of run the same time, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, concurrently. So, like, I'd be off playing art swallow gigs and then come back and play Iron Monkey gigs or tours or whatever. And kind of work. Yeah, because obviously, just me and Justin were in both bands. Seems to work out. That's but it. We had time to do it because we were all signing on for a long period of time. <laughs> well, I was just going to ask a bit about uh, experience with labels. Well, the way it started was, I mean, uh, again, this is it's called kind of link. It was a guy called Simon Cole, known as Mole who I knew in my cerebral fixed days in Brum. And uh, I didn't know he lived in Nottingham. I think he'd, he'd not moved there long. He worked for Earache. I think he was something with Merch. I can't remember. I think he used to go and tour with bands and that. Uh, he saw us play, first gig, and he wanted to put out uh, his label, Union Mill, and he wanted to put out a 10-inch, I think, like four, five songs on. Yeah. So he, he booked two days at uh, Andy Snape's studio when he just had a, I think it was an eight-track. So it was recorded completely live, the music is. Um, and because we were rehearsing like so much, we were just really tight and we, we like nailed it in uh, three hours, something like that, after we, we got the sounds right. Sneaked obviously with the sounds because we had shit equipment, but we had metal zones, which makes us superior to everybody else. Johnny came in on the Sunday and did the vocals on his like to the what we recorded the day before because he was working, wasn't he? 
He couldn't. He was the only it. person throughout the duration of the band that had a job. Yeah. So he paid for everything. Chris Bullen in his dad's car, which is just like a you know, four people took the entire band apart from Johnny and their gear to sneak some and face pressed against them. Well, both the first two albums are both uh, recorded sneaks and they were done in like a couple of days, weren't they? Mm. Um, so everything will kind of laid down live, and then Johnny would go in the next day and, and do the vocals in one take for every all the way through, didn't he? Yeah, uh, and then and then we didn't know what to do with these two or three extra songs. And then Mole said, well, "Why don't I just put out a CD with them on?" And we're like, "Okay," and we did. I was at Rock City on a Friday night, saw Dig and Dan Tobin, and they were saying how much they liked Iron Monkey. And uh, we went into the office to talk about this reissue. I said, "Well, everyone's got." A, I said, "I ain't passing information on." Because it'll just sound like Ear Oaks said. And they said, all right, well, get them to come to the office. And I went to the office and they says, we want to put it out, but we want to offer you like a five-album deal or something. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> yeah. So they paid for a, a big piss-up and a curry and everything. And by the end of it, it was kind of done. Set the contract through, went to London to have it looked at. They said it's standard industry contracts. Uh, you don't get publishing. But I don't think anybody got publishing on on ARA. And then there was there was about three or four gigs. There was an there was an old area in London, and I just got arsehole. At, at the time, booze <laughs> was the best thing in the world. I, I loved it more than anything else, more than bands or whatever, you know. And I saw gigs because it's free access. Not not that we got a ride or anything, but there seemed to be booze around more, you know. So I was just getting more and more pissed, more and more pissed, becoming unreliable, playing things wrong, just being a dick. Yeah, I think the highlight, I think the... Uh, Play misfits. The down point that we played at um, Rio's in Bradford, like Metal Club in Bradford, we, and uh, we, it was like there were quite a few bands on, and the misfits were headlining. And Steve was in his drinking mode. I remember following him around, making sure he didn't drink too much, but he did. And yeah, I played to Justin, right? He, he phoned me up and he said, you need to come and see this video from Rio. And I was like, all right, yeah, 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 I'm just going to have a drink, I'll be down. And I watched it and I pissed myself laughing. He was going, it's not, and I was like, yeah, that's, that's bang on, man, that's fucking bottle surfers, that is. That's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, I think after that, that, that and my car was marked. And, fair, and, and honestly, fair dues, you know, I, it's, it's, it ain't it's rubbish, man. I think we were, we were wanting to take it, like, be a bit more serious about it. And um, obviously well, we had I wasn't. Time. I wasn't taking it seriously at all. So, yeah, we're giving you, we're giving you a few warnings, aren't we? And um, we all came round to your house, didn't we? Like yeah. on, on, uh, on, you know, unannounced, knocked on your door. Yeah. And walked in, and, and they were You're all fired. Well, that every we all went round and stuff, and nobody said anything. And I was just like, oh, for fuck's sake, right? And I just said, sorry, mate. You know, what I mean, I didn't, I didn't get my chance. But I, I, I'd, I'd, two or three gigs down the line, I, I, I would have. Done it again, so it was it was it was a wake up call I needed. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, so and we had, we had Dean, Dean, Barry, yeah. the, Dean in the band played some gigs and then started writing stuff for the uh, second album. With regard to recording, like both albums were Andy Sneap, weren't they? Was there like yeah, a different? Yeah, was there a difference in his like size of his studio or his setup in between the two albums or? No, it was the same place. Same place. Same place. It was his, right. I think it was his dad's. There was loads of radio towers outside, didn't there? Yeah. I think I think it was originally his dad's or something. He had like a basement thing, and it's where Sabbath used to rehearse. I think. Yeah. Uh, so it was really good. I mean, it, 
it was, you know, proper, not like we were used to. Uh, but yeah, I think it was eight tracks. I don't know about the second one. But the first, about, one, was, eight, first one was eight tracks and live. So. Yeah, so yeah, we, yeah, we did the first, first two live, didn't we? Um, and they were like, just done really quick. And Johnny, like, he's, you know, he was pretty effortless with, with his vocals and he, everything we were in one take. That's the thing, you know, and the people going about the Andy Sneap sound, people who have the Andy Sneap sound want it. He didn't make us sound like that. He just recorded us. He just said, right, what's the thing? We were like, like Sabbath, but we're kind of with, with fucking big dirty chains hanging off it. You know what I mean? We don't mind. The feedback's supposed to be there. The, the, the kind of noise or whatever like that. It's supposed to be like that. And he's like, right, right, yeah, yeah. And then just recorded us. We did free recordings though because we did the um, three tracks for Man's Ruin records. Okay. How, d- how did that uh, come about? I'm not sure. Um, Doug had been in touch with a, with a guy. I think Doug was quite into that label at the time. I think it was more stone rock bands, weren't it? Mm. And uh, yeah. there were like bands like Fu Manchu. Could have been Justin then, because he liked Fu Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. I was never really into stone rock, but like a couple of no. the other guys were and stuff. And um, so obviously there'd been some correspondence between them and um, so the, the, they'd been doing like a, a, a set of um, 10 inches weren't it fucking I'll have to get Google out to Google my own fucking man <laughs> seriously yeah so uh, it's completely different how to re- how we recorded the last album isn't it? yeah but we're going back to we, we like we, we're planning on you know stop started about 100 times on doing this new album and that's going to be back to recording live again so moving on to the, the sort of newer incarnation the relapse era right that, um, that, was, that was about 2016 wasn't it when we started talking about doing that didn't it yeah i sent relapse an email and then i, I, I didn't get a response i thought well that's about right and uh then i checked in my spam or whatever like that and there was something uh i think the person who owns relapse maybe his daughter had said have you seen this and he was like wow and they were, yeah, they just said, yeah, we're in, we're interested in, you know, we're interested in it. So, yeah. I, I think what, I mean, me and Steve had, had done a black metal band at about 20, was it about 2014? And I think, don't think either of us, well, you've been doing Raven's Creek, but I've been doing, I'd done Geriatric Unit before, but I stopped doing that in 2008. So I hadn't done anything for quite a while. Yeah. Um, and then we just kind of like, I mean, me and Steve were like, you know, we hung out fairly, only person out of the, you know, I'm monkey that I've hung out regularly with. And um, we just kind of thought it was, it was a bit of a laugh, really, weren't it? Like, let's see if, you know, I, th- I think I'd, I'd, I'd played guitar for a while. I just picked it up and, like, those kind of riffs came out and just thought it was just an idea. Let's, you know, we weren't, didn't really take it seriously, did we? Really? At the start, we were just going to do it as a joke. Um, I got a load of music together. And I thought, well, well, let's just do it. Let's just, you know, see what. Yeah, the vocalist thing was going to, always going to be a problem, wasn't it? Because we yeah. were, there's, there's no point in someone. We can't, repl- we can't replace somebody like that. Um, no. no. Or someone who had exactly the same voice. That would just be fucking weird. Yeah, yeah. So we were like, what are we going to do? Well, I did, I did, I did. Well, I didn't want to do it. He did, well, I did Rid, and that was good. So uh, I did the vocals in this black metal band. Um, that kind of like sounded all right because I've never I've never done vocals before, and um, yeah, it's like it's the last thing I wanted to do, like fucking seeing Frying Monkey, but I couldn't get anybody else in. Oh yeah, incidentally, we got Scott into play drums, um, who was 
who was who was in um, oh, I just finished playing with Chaos UK at the time. So we got him in and uh, the relapse were interested, weren't they? We we sent them a well, we went to record a demo, didn't we? And we I think we had the music down, and we still decided what we were going to do was for vocals. And uh, so yeah, so Jim went ahead and did it, and I think I think it kind of I think it suits it. That kind of there's no point in trying to sound like Johnny or trying to sound yeah. extreme or or whatever. You know, there's nothing else to do. It was a it was a fluke, wasn't it? To be honest yeah. with you, we recorded these three songs, and I went in and I just like I just. <laughs> So it went and it, it, and it sounded all right. It sounded okay. So, you know, so, I kind of, we couldn't imagine having somebody actually having a new singer. And that's part of the mastering, isn't it? That you're not there. You're not, you're not real. Kind well, of. the thing is a three piece, it's kind of like, we had to think about how many original members were in it. If it was going to be something that was authentic, and, you know, we got a lot of shit for it, um, but, for reforming and not having Johnny singing and all this kind of stuff. But to be honest with you, we're just doing it for you know, just doing it for a laugh, really, and just seeing how far we could go with it. And uh, it was just, it was just amusing, wasn't it? It's more than anything else, just seeing people. Not laughing in a kind of slapstick Benny Hill way, more of a sardonic laugh, really. You know. Yeah, well, it seemed to cause like still ruffled feathers. Yeah, and that's amusing. Well, that's, that's amusing to me, and it's amusing yeah. to you, isn't it? You know, seeing like. Um, Seeing people's uh, reactions and they were getting really, really upset. That, that, that how dare they? But that's the whole point of my monkey, as Doug said years ago. Just it was formed purely just to piss people off. And uh, what, what? That's part of the whole reformation thing. What would, what would piss people off more is if we were reformed. It's like how are we going to do that? And it kind of built from that every time we saw each other. We could have, yeah, we could have uh, taken the piss even more. And, and I think we were uh, fairly uh, reserved, really, when we. You know, we, we could have caused lots and lots of fucking trouble, really, couldn't we? We're older and wiser. Yeah. So what, um, with regard to, like, new recordings and... Well, you got another six days. It's It's been... It's a, fuck, it's a bit of a horror story, isn't it, really? The whole album's been recorded, but then scrapped and then started again and then scrapped and start, and then covered well, it, and then started again. Well, we, we, yeah, we, I mean, we, 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 we were getting ready. Two years ago, we were getting ready to... Uh, Put things down and like fucking every fucking single obstacle you think can think of, yeah, has been thrown at us from you know. There's been just just like you know really unfortunate uh, kind of band member stuff which I don't really want to go into, but it's just there's just been every every everything with this band is that everything that can fuck up will. Even yeah. you know even when we were recording the last album, everything fucked up really constantly. Yeah. It took six months to record, but like instead of like a week, just fucking. I mean, there's even, definitely a black cloud over us. Some just. But it's always it's always been the case, but it just seemed to get worse and worse, didn't it? You know, like, the closer we got to doing it, the, the, the bigger the cloud got. So you'll have an album out this year. Well, yeah. fuck knows. Well, that's that's just, that's just the start. Of we, the problem, uh, it? It's like once you recorded it, then it's like everything else. That's the recording of it. The writing of it's the easy shit. It's. We've got a deal with Relapse. It was one album plus they've got an option to hear whatever we record now and say yay or nay. But I think I think they'll like it. It's definitely more. It's the album we should have done yeah. instead of nine. We should have done nine thirteen album this time round. It's a bit more kind of. Um, I mean, the last album was like uh, quite a bit more hardcore, weren't it? You know what I mean? It was mm. like quite a bit faster, and I, and I think as well as like. Obviously, reforming with a slightly different, you know, with a 
different vocalist and it was a bit much for some people. Yeah, I, I knew people who were gutted when they were 19. Uh, they were just like, where's all the... You know, and there's a few on there, but it, it was more of a rebellion against that kind of thing by doing the other stuff, wasn't it? Rather than... It's like anti-stoner rock, but iMonkey's got groove, you know? Which a lot of it comes from White Zombie, seriously. You wouldn't think... White Zombie? Okay. Yeah, yeah well, honestly. I, well, there's a lot of bands that influence apart from, like, you know, obviously... Bands like Buzz Over Night, God, you know, were, yeah. were influenced by like loads Talk of that mid-tempo, things. you know, down. Yeah, bands, down. you know, even bands like Helmet and Unsane and yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Iron yeah. and Upside Down Cross. Yeah, so this new album is going to be a little bit more what people would expect. There's a bit more doom metal in it, isn't there? Yeah, uh, doom metal, loads of proper Sabbath, you know. There's quite a bit of, there's quite a bit of flag in it as well. You can hear the kind of trad doom metal stuff in it. Okay. The seventies and eighties do metal stuff, but you can also hear. But you can hear the hardcore in it, but it's not. But it's kind of done in a different way. It's like not necessarily fast, but it's more like the slower old, you know, the slower black flag stuff. There's even like a bit of a flipper influence in some bits. So it's, yeah, it's just doom metal and punk again. But just oh, oh, it would be corrosion conformity. It would be another one then, I suppose. Yes. Yeah, corrosion conformity. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I see you in those parts. It's noisier, isn't it? It's, yeah. a, it's, it's a lot noisier. It's a bit wilder and stuff, but it's slower. Um, let's have to see how it comes out. We've got eight, we've got eight tracks, haven't we? What's it, about an hour's worth? Yeah. 50 minutes worth I'd, of stuff. If, if I was nine months, well, I'm nine months, but if I was uh, your uh, beards, baseball cap and shorts, I'm monkey fan, <laughs> I, I, would be, I, would be, I would be pleased, really, really pleased, you know. Okay. I was going to ask about uh, the... Cover art for our problem being like uh, Mike Diana, and just how that uh, um, how, how that came about. Well, Johnny was like um, he used to collect what's it, Boiled Angel. And, yeah, um, he was into kind of stuff like that, and it was out already. And uh, we just contacted him, didn't we? I think we wrote to him or Ray did. Yeah. And um, and he agreed to do it. I can't remember how much it cost a few hundred quid and. So it was, you know, just did the um, did the cover for us. It was like, yeah, it's just because Johnny was really into Mike Diana. I think that came together pretty pretty easily, really. The first uh, artwork for the first album I I did with uh, cut and paste, um, scissors and and glue. Really, it was from a load of old health and um, well being magazines that had come out in like in the early eighties. I, I managed to get hold of them and just cut them all up and stuck them down in an afternoon. That's kind of like an I Hear God thing as well, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Kind of reminds me of like some of the art in... Um, oh, the industrial culture. The industrial yeah, handbook, that's it. Handbook, yeah. yeah. Yeah, some of that kind of influence in it as well. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what we're doing with the artwork for the new one. Do you? Uh, yeah, we had some ideas, didn't we? Um, Would it be yeah. the, uh, the... It's the monkey gram, isn't it? Well, we did the monkey gram on the last one because it was just something that was recognisable. We thought about that and we just thought, as it's a comeback, it needs to be, you know, what do they call it, brand recognition, all that shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, some people sit there and can karaoke and that's, that's funny to us, you know. We did those gigs, which is even more karaoke. You were meant to tour the US and record with Steve Albini, like, at the end, but that didn't happen. Yeah, well, that was that was the idea for the for the R Problem lineup when we were going to do the next album which we'd written 
some songs for, I think about four songs, four or five songs. But this is just before we split up the, um, or, well, I'd, I'd left the band just before the band split up. But I'd written about four or five songs for uh, the new album and they were actually pretty similar styles, stylistically to what we did on the 9.13 album. So it was like sped up, they were faster, what I, I was kind of calling it sludge and roll at the time. Um, and the idea was to do the album, uh, yeah, to go and do it with Steve Albini. And we would, we were actually going to see Pusshead wanted to do the cover for it, but oh, cool. I'd left the band and then not long after they did like one, one tour, Bill Fate and tour in Poland. And, um, and that was it. Johnny, you know, um, well, the band split up and then Johnny died. Just like if you've got any, uh, last thoughts or fight like about the band and like looking back and stuff you know or, or just doing Iron Monkey just the uh... it's fucking it's it's really hard work being this band and it's really time consuming and very little reward very, very yeah very you know, we, don't, we don't we don't get much but I don't really know why we do it to be honest with you because <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't enjoy it at all it costs me <laughs> a lot of money and I don't get anything out of it so I don't, it's like almost like I have, you know, we have to do it.
surprised you haven't started talking about Venom yet. Just throughout this whole thing. I try to restrain myself. No, Venom, big, I mean, I'm a huge right. Carry on. Venom fan. And, uh, Steve's, Steve's uh, Venom's number one fan, aren't you? <laughs> well, Steve's on a Venom record. All right. Well, uh, cassette, sing, cassette single. They they uh, they released a, I think it was record breaking at the time. It was like about seven or eight different versions of the song Nightmare. Okay. And uh, they did a cassette version. It was basically me and the uh, friend Mark Cully phoning up from a payphone to Neat Records, just going on about Venom because we know the gig was cancelled, which it was. And because uh, I'm for about ten minutes, seriously, we're only kids. We sound like beefs and butter. They, they put it out on the on the Nightmare cassette single. I like the, uh, you know, the it's like a radio interview with Alan Robson where they just rip the studio up at the end. Yeah, well, that's the cool. thing, right? Class. Do you reckon that's genuine? As a kid, I thought it was real, but right? uh, it's just a bit of a like just them being. It's tough, probably the isn't it? It's it's just all you you know as well as I do. You only got a ripped piece of paper in front of the microphone, and it sounds like everything's going crazy. Yeah. So they do the they do the same thing. There's a, a it's like something I saw on YouTube. It's like a mid eighties thing, eighty five. There's like a there was a metal program. It, it's on yeah, Sky, it was on Sky or something, and they just yeah. crossed this sort of studio there as well. Is it where Cronus is constantly flicking his hair around? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's like sat in, he's got some he's got them clear fitted sunglasses on and it's kind of yeah. there around. But yeah, yeah. yeah um, so yeah, they put that out and uh, so yeah. it's on YouTube if you want to go and look for it. Yeah, it's called the uh, Venom's Legions True Answer Phone Message or something. All right, I'll I'll put a link. I'll link that as well. <laughs> yeah, put a link to it. Yeah. So like, uh, yeah, it sounds. Uh, it's uh, I, I listen it to. Sounds it. like two pissed up fourteen year old kids. Shouting about, about Venom down there. Well, this is the thing, right? <laughs> they did that thing called the Seven Dates of Hell, yeah. which was seven gigs in seven different countries. And the one in Britain was supposed to be a Burning Modium. 